Welcome to the Market Access Matters podcast. This is a podcast for people in market access by people in market access. I'm Louise Bennett, Head of Marketing at Access Infinity, and I'm your host for this series. In our first ever podcast series, we are shining a spotlight on women leaders in market access, looking at their professional and personal journeys, what's attracted them to the industry, and what's next to help us all discover more about the people within this ever-changing community. My guest today is Claire Marley from GSK. Claire has been at GSK for nearly a decade, where she's focused heavily on global market access and payer strategy. Claire has spent much of her career in market access, and as we hear in this episode, has seen the function evolve from an entirely new area to what it is today. Claire is clearly passionate about what she does, so I hope you find this interview as interesting as I did. Here's the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Claire. Thanks for joining me. I've been really looking forward to our conversation today. Hi, Louise. Thanks. I'm looking forward to the conversation as well. Great. I'd like to start by helping our audience to learn more about you. So can you start by introducing yourself? Sure, that's great. So my name's Claire Marley. I'm originally from Dublin in Ireland, but I live here in the UK with my family, so my husband and two kids. Just before this, I was thinking about how long I've been in the UK, Louise, and this year will be 20 years that I'm in the UK. Time flies. And living up in the north of England, I had about 10 years in London and we're living up now near Yorkshire. And after all that time, you still haven't lost your lovely Irish accent. (laughs) Thank you. That's nice to hear. My family think otherwise. And how did you become interested in market access? So my current role is in the global market access function, as you said, in GSK. And I'm the disease area head in our immunology group. So that means that me and my team, we've got responsibility for the inline and the pipeline immunology assets. I think you mentioned at the start, I've been working in market access for a lot of my career. It's roughly 15 years now. And that's been split across a few different companies. And I'd say about 50-50 with LOC and global roles. It's not always been market access, though. I did start off my career in sales. So I was a sales representative when I first joined the industry. And I worked in various roles in the field as a sales rep, as I've mentioned, and then also key account management. And it just seemed to grow organically from there that I moved into market access right at the time really in the early 2000s when market access was becoming established as a function itself. Okay, so was it the pharmaceutical industry that you started off in sales? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I've always been interested in sciences and in that field. I did a science degree back in Dublin. And after I finished that, I ended up moving straight into pharma. So yeah, I have always been in the pharma industry. Okay, so that's really interesting. And I'd like to explore that further. What encouraged you to explore a career in a STEM subject? Was this intentional? I think I've always been more inclined to the sciences, in honesty. And that comes from perhaps having both of my parents were biochemists. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And back in Dublin, there was a family business that my parents ran, and that was supplies and pharma companies and labs with different equipment and technology and I was at the stage where I was working there in the summer and always been exposed to that kind of environment so it felt quite natural then to move into a study science and that's what I did in UCD in Dublin and then along the way I've done some more studies as well so I've done a 
master's in epidemiology, which has been both interesting and I think helped me in my career. Yeah, absolutely. And we were chatting a little bit about this before we started recording the podcast, Mm. but do you think there's more to be done to encourage the next generation into a career in science and perhaps pharma specifically and maybe even market access? Yeah, absolutely. I think it can be a very rewarding career and it can take you in many different directions. We were also chatting offline about women coming into STEM forces. Yeah. And I think the pharmaceutical industry is probably pretty good on that front, actually compared to some other uh, STEM industries like engineering, etc. But I think we always want to be attracting people into this field. It can be really rewarding career. It can take you around the globe if that's what you're yeah. inclined to do. That It can go in so many different directions. So it's only going to be to our benefit if we can attract the top talents that have got new ideas and new ways of doing things into the field. So yeah, I think it's always important that we're we're doing that. Just taking it back to your career and how the pathway started transitioning from sales into market access. Can you give us more detail about that? Sure. So I worked a number of years in the field force, as I've mentioned, and it was back in the early 2000s when things were really starting to take off from a market access perspective. At that point term, I'm not sure you hear it so often now around postcode lottery. It really was a postcode lottery in terms of what medicines you could access, local funding decisions. I'm talking in the UK of from my experience. But it was at that time that market access was starting to be established as a core and integrated function within pharma companies as well. I was curious about becoming involved in that. And I could see the challenges in the field about how could we get access for our drugs for patients? What was the data requirements from a payer perspective, because it was definitely different to the conversations that I was having with HCPs. And that really interested me. I managed to move from being out in the field and working as a key account manager to having more of a role with developing the appropriate materials that the key account manager teams needed in order to engage with payers. So that's really how the transition happened for me. And then it just went from there in terms of various roles at a local level and also then transitioning into a global role after about seven years. Awesome. Was it something that you knew straight away that actually this is the direction that I want my career to go in to now? (laughs) Did you ever miss the sales element? That's a tough job. The sales is a tough job. And I really enjoyed it at the time, but I was definitely ready, I think, to do something else. It was before where we were joking that you don't dream necessarily of being in market access when you're growing up. And it's funny because my 10 year old daughter asks me what I do and (laughs) she gives me funny looks and I'm trying to explain to her what I do. But the very rewarding career, I'm passionate about health and healthcare. And I think you can make a very interesting and rewarding career from working in market access. Excellent. So actually, I was going to ask, and it is a tough question, what is a typical Mm. day like for you now and what are your key priorities? Yeah, it's funny. I bet you're expecting me to say like there is no typical day. And that is true. And I think it's the variety that does keep it engaging and keeps it interesting. But there are a few priorities, I guess, that we can talk about. One of the key accountabilities in a global access role is to lead that global pricing and market access team. 
And what that looks like is a cross-functional group within global, but also engaging with regions and some LOCs to really drive the strategy at an asset level. So that would be one of the core accountabilities to deliver the strategic plan at an asset level through that hub, through that team. Of course, that has to be based on external insights and knowledge. So there's always some projects going on, whether it's preparing for an advisory board or external engagement or gathering insights through another way, such as market research. There's usually projects like that, which are ongoing. Another key priority is how we build relationships across the organization. So I do spend a lot of my time with other functions with the cross-functional team. We would sit on other cross-functional teams, such as the medicine development team within R&D, which is really important because one of the things we're trying to do is to ensure that we're getting payer strategy and thought early into the development plans and really shaping what the evidence generation is like so we can have the right evidence at launch for payers as well as all the other important stakeholders. There's a lot of engaging across the business. But the other thing I think is really important, although we spend a lot of time with our brand teams and with other parts of the business, is coming together as a market access team. And we do carve out time for that as a global team to come together. We want to share best practice and know what other people are doing and ensure that we're tapping into to that and learning from each other. And also discussing key trends that are happening externally and what do those implications mean for us. So I think it's really important that we build that community internally as well as we really try to evolve ourselves as a core and integrated function within the broader organization. And to pick up on that, because I think it's a really mm. interesting point, and actually I love what you're saying there about building that internal community, that a dispersed community, are you all in different locations, presumably, so it's quite remote that you're having to build those relationships? Yeah, that's right. We are literally at every corner of the globe within our global market access team, which is brilliant because you've got views from all over and different backgrounds and experiences. But yeah, the flip side of that is that we're actually quite a new and forming team here. And we've been building those relationships virtually on our teams, meetings, etc. Although last, I was really pleased that we got to get together face to face on a few occasions so there's more of that happening but yeah it it is it is a team that's spread all over in all different time zones. Great and for some context what is your experience of working with the team at Access Infinity? Yeah so like I mentioned before gathering external insights is a core part of what we do. I've been fortunate enough in the last few years to get to know Sri and Ahmed quite well and in more recent times yourself and Kishav. It's been great to work with the team and get to know you. Mainly for me it's been around our early strategy development, working with the team on trying to think through different analogs and things like that and generating payer insights. So all of that external input is really important into our strategy development. So that's been the main work that I've done with the group. And you were saying earlier that it's been over 15 years now that you've been working in market access. So what Mm. have been the most significant changes you've seen in your career so far? Yeah, I mentioned earlier that market access is a relatively young function 
right? So it's been fascinating to be part of that journey as it's emerged as a core and integrated function at a pharma level. And also market access getting involved even earlier in development. And I think that's really significant because not only when we're bringing innovation to market, do we need to meet the requirements of regulatory stakeholders, but it's imperative that we're getting the right data generated so we can achieve early market access and reimbursement. So we have the right data from a payer perspective as well. So I think that's been the interesting bit to me, just seeing the function grow and evolve. It's still happening. I think if you looked across different companies, and I'm sure you're hearing different things with people you speak to, I think there's probably still variability at a, at a, a company level with the sort of size of the function or how we're set up. But that's part of the evolving function, I think. So it's quite interesting to be part of that over the last number of years. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose you've seen lots of changes, but that's mm. because it's gone from being an industry that wasn't necessarily recognised to something that's become more established. Yes, yeah. And with that in mind, what would you say the biggest challenges are that market access professionals face? This is, I think this is an interesting one. Market access is a pretty complex area to work in for a number of reasons. And there's so many interdependencies across different functions within the organisation. And I think there's perhaps slightly an unusual blend of competencies and skills to be successful in the role. You have to be technically and scientifically literate alongside having strong business acumen and being able to communicate at different levels within the organization. So it's quite a complicated role from that perspective. The other thing is that the environment that we're working in is in constant states of flux as well. So I'm thinking about policy changes or dynamics in the political environment or other macro trends that really do change how we need to be thinking about market access and our strategies as we develop them. So there's lots of challenge within the role that keeps it interesting. And would you say you've had to overcome any barriers or obstacles as part of your career journey? Yeah, I mean, I can answer this from a personal perspective. We are talking a little bit about women and their career journeys. So there's two examples I can think of which are related that um, they're points that probably changed the trajectory of my career. And it does come back to, I'm quite thoughtful about the people that I work with and the managers that I work for. And I really want to work with people that I respect and I trust. And we're quite open about our own ethos and values. So that is important to me. And I think these examples show why that's been helpful. And I'll, I'll tell you, the first example was just as I was getting my first opportunity to move from an LOC role into a global role. And I was going through the interview process and very excited about this. And actually going through that process, I found out that I was pregnant. <laughs> and I thought all sorts of thoughts. I felt actually really quite stuck and a bit compromised because I was hopefully going to work for somebody that I really respected and trusted. Yet I knew that I was at the early stage of pregnancy and that in eight months time I was going to be gone. And I thought that was going to create problems for them. And all of these barriers and assumptions 
I was creating for myself. And actually the job offer came in and I initially refused it, right? I said no to the job offer. But thankfully the hiring manager at the time took the time to really understand. I think he was a bit confused as to why I wasn't going to (laughs) accept it and took the time to have that discussion with me and all these barriers that I'd put up for myself we actually worked those through. And thankfully, I did come around to accepting that job offer and went from there. So I thought that was one example of maybe self-imposed barriers, but it did work out in the end. I think that's such a good example and kudos to the hiring manager as well for Mm -hmm. keeping an open mind and having that discussion with you and being able to work something out. It came good in the end. That's really encouraging, isn't it? It is. And it's something that I've carried through right into my way of thinking now to really try and understand what's going on for the people that I'm working with, because you don't want to lose good talent because people are being forced to make choices between things that might be happening outside work as well as inside work. So I think it's really important that we do have these conversations so we can keep a well-balanced, diverse workforce of people of all experiences. So it's something I've definitely carried through into my thinking now as well. Absolutely. So if you could go back in time to the earliest stages of your career, what advice would you give yourself? Is there anything you do differently knowing what you know now? I think door isn't closed to me now, obviously, but I think if I was to go back in time to the earlier parts of my career, I would have leveraged the opportunity working in a global company to embed myself in different countries and local operating companies. I've done that a little bit. Obviously, I've moved to the UK and I've settled here, but I think I'd love to go to, say, go to somewhere completely different like Japan or something and really embed myself in there and just have some great experiences traveling a little bit more like I say that door is not closed it just becomes a little bit more challenging when you're you've got family and other commitments (laughs) to make those moves but you never know you never know (laughs) exactly so let's look forward then I'd love to hear what's on the horizon for market access from your perspective yeah I think there's a few things on my mind. We've talked a little bit about the policy sort of shifts. I think there's a lot going on in that space at the moment in some of our major markets that are going to impact, of course, those markets, but globally, how we engage with our policy colleagues and how we engage with our LOCs just to make sure that we're part of that conversation and really understanding the implications of some of those policy shifts. I think there's a lot of that coming now. The other thing that I'm personally interested in is how we leverage the role of digital and data and analytics and how we're thinking about that, how we leverage tools to help our ways of working and operating and becoming more efficient, but also in the data that we're generating to increase the value of our assets. So there's obviously tons going on in that space, but I think there's more to come and there's more to do there. Finally, I think it's about the role of market access. As we've talked a couple of times through this podcast, as an integrated core function within the organization. Um, we need to be developing leaders that have both that technical competency, but also the business acumen to be successful in the role. And I think that's really exciting because we start to see that at enterprise level, 
decisions are being made and market access can influence those with an access lens. So I think and hope there's more of that to come as well. I think that's a great place to end the interview today. And it has been really fantastic to speak to you today, Claire, and really interesting to hear about your wealth of experience and passion for market access. So thank you. Much appreciated. Thanks, Louise. It's been great. This podcast has been brought to you by Access Infinity. We are a team of market access and pricing specialists with a purpose to help pharma companies tackle their challenges head on through a combination of technology and consultancy services. Our core solutions are Access Hub, Neuro and Evidence Library, which you can find out about at access-infinity.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, have a great day and goodbye.